It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 3 o'clock on the afternoon show, Sports Radio 94, WIP, Jack Fritz alongside Ike Reese. Elliot will join us this hour as well. But we have to close out the year a little early this year, Shield, with our guy Shilkapadia from the ringer. What's happening? It feels like deja vu. I mean, honestly, three years ago, we're all waiting for this big meeting with Jeffrey Lurie and Doug Peterson, and there's conflicting reports, and you don't know if you're – you know, the team you follow as a head coach or not. So uh, that's what it feels like to me. How are you guys? Good. What's your read on that? What's up, Shil? Uh, uh, honestly, I've gone back and forth quite a bit. Here's the thing I'm having a hard time, you know, you know, uh, understanding with Jeffrey Lurie. Like, if he's on the fence here, what is Nick Sirianni going to say that is going to convince him that, hey, I'm the guy, keep me, and I give you a better chance to win a Super Bowl than the other options you have right now. Because just this wasn't like a one-game thing. You know, based on the last two months here, it's hard to really make the case that Nick Sirianni has the solutions to the problems you're facing. Now, having said that, I think, you know, they like Nick Sirianni personally. He obviously has a strong track record. So I think it's balancing those two things between, man, is he the right guy going forward? And also, like, he probably doesn't deserve to get fired given the three-year body of work. Yeah, and I guess, like, the deserve to get fired thing, I mean, did Doug necessarily deserve to get fired? It, what, what do you make of, like, what do you hope or think the outcome of that should be? Do you think he should be back? So so here, here's the big thing. You, you mentioned Doug, because I've been thinking about this a lot. If they were to move on from Nick Sirianni, this is a different situation than they've ever had with Jeffrey Lurie as the owner. I, I mean, you think about they move on from Andy Reid, they're thinking, all right, got to rebuild this thing back up they move on from chip kelly they're thinking we're not ready to win right now we're moving the new direction remember when they moved on from doug peterson part of the reasoning was they thought doug was like a win now coach and they thought we're not ready to win right now we need to start over this roster right now if you move on from nick sirianni like part of the reasoning will be we think he's underachieved given the roster we have they'll be thinking we can win a super bowl right now with this roster so um you know 
I, I, I could go either way, honestly. Like, I, I know I'm sitting on the fence here, and, and you're asking me. Yeah, we I don't think, do that on this station, Shield. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'll leave that to you after I hang up. I think it's a tough decision. I mean, if it were me, I, I think there's a strong case to say he had two months. Uh, I have big concerns about the direction of the offense. I have concerns about kind of the culture and the chemistry and the team's effort down the stretch. I certainly have concerns about the type of staff he's able to put together, given the decisions we saw this year. So, I, you know, I think there's a pretty strong case to say, um, you know, it's been a good three-year run, but if we want to win a Super Bowl in the next two to three years, we might have better options elsewhere. Hmm. What, what if they look at this thing, Shil, as they know that they're going to have to – now, they'll never publicly say this because they don't do a whole uh, rebuild type of uh, philosophy. It's more or less reload every year. But they got to make some tough decisions this offseason, and I wonder what this roster is going to look like and will it even be a Super Bowl contending team. They may just be good enough to be a playoff team, but not necessarily up there with the upper echelon teams. Now, it's still a lot of offseason to go. They're going to be able to add some players. But I look at that defense, and it's a lot of work that has to be done on that side of the football. Yeah, the offense and the defense to me are like two totally different animals, even when they evaluate the team. I think they probably look at the offense and say, we had players to be a lot better than what we produced this year. I think defensively, I mean, listen, we can all look at, you know, look at the roster there and say it was going to be tough for a lot of guys to put that, you know, with that roster to field a great defense. Now, I, I do think they would look at this, though, and say we have Devontae Smith in his prime. We have, uh, you know, A.J. Brown in his prime. We have Dallas Goddard in his prime. We have Jalen Hurts, who should be, you know, uh, the arrow should be pointing upwards with the right coach. So I, I would think they believe they have a Super Bowl caliber offense right now and that if they can make some tweaks on defense, the defense doesn't have to be great. It just, you know, it can't be like a bottom five defense in the NFL where you can't get any stops at all. So they may look at it that way, Ike, but I don't know. For my, you know, understanding from just following this thing closely with Jeffrey Lurie, I would think he looks at this offense and thinks, no, 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 this is like the time uh, to compete for a Super Bowl. We were there a year ago. We have the pieces on offense, a couple tweaks, the right coaching staff. We can get right back in there. Are you getting pulled over right now? I mean, what's, what's going on? Do you want to know my commitment to the show, Jack? Yes. I have a, a doctor's appointment. So I'm in West Philly, on the streets of West Philly, <laughs> waiting walking. to go into my doctor's appointment <laughs> and talking to you because I didn't want to back out on my final weekly spot uh, of the season. That, that's my commitment to the show right there. Well, I love to hear we that. We appreciate that, Shield. What <laughs> we do? Because the simple <laughs> fact of the matter is, Shield, I was going to say this for the end, but I want to get it out of the way now, is that this is currently open auditions for the new show. And we talk about if Sirianni deserves to be back next year. Do you think Capadia deserves to be back next year? Listen, the listeners love this. They, you know, they got a man of the people just going about his day on the streets trying to figure things out in his life. Uh, I think the audience would appreciate that. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Should they factor how Jalen feels when determining Brian Johnson's future here? Yeah, the Jalen thing has been probably the weirdest thing of the last few days, honestly. Like the way he's in, you know, we, we hear Fletcher Cox go to back for Nick Sirianni and Jason Kelsey and other players. And then Jalen Hurst is just like, does, does this guy want Nick Sirianni or Brian Johnson back? So should they factor his feelings? I mean, you can take them into account, but at the end of the day, you know, they had time to fix this offense. They had time to come up with answers uh, against the Blitz, and they really did not do that. So, um, I don't think, like, you know, Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback. He's been paid a lot of money. He's not at the position, in my opinion, 
in the league where he should be making decisions on, you know, who coaching staff and personnel and all that. You know, I think he's, he's got to be in there a little bit longer before you factor that stuff in uh, really heavily. I agree. Man, we got a train around you. We got, we got, we got Cyrus. I feel bad keeping you. Uh, I only got two more quick ones for you. What is Jordan Davis at this point? I mean, like, I don't think he can't move anyone. He's, he's a second-year player. I mean, what is Jordan Davis? Early down, uh, you know, solid run-defending defensive tackle. And, and that's not what you want when you're trading up in the first round for a guy you need to see him affect the game on third down or you need to see him be just a completely dominant run stuffer and he has been neither now i will say this there's a history in the nfl of nose tackles of defensive tackles taking time to develop that pass rush you know the the giants dexter lawrence he did not put up the exact numbers his first what two three years in the league and now he's one of the best interior pass rushing defensive linemen so there's a chance of that i haven't seen it I have concerns. You know, you've seen little flashes here and there, but you would have liked to see more, uh, you know, certainly in his first two seasons. And last one for you, Shield. If they do move on from Nick Sirianni, are you the of the belief they need a, a dynamic offensive schemer, a, a Ben Johnson, Slowick kind of guy, or more of a culture-changing type head coach? No, I don't think you look at just, uh, you know, just offensive, just defensive. I, I think leadership is the big, big thing. You know, you need someone who – when the chips are down, when you have a bad season, when the ball doesn't bounce your way, does the whole thing fall apart or can they kind of pull everyone together? And then you have to look at who they're going to hire with their staff. You know, just look at Baltimore with John Harbaugh. I mean, that was a special teams coach. And part of the story of their season is they got a fantastic defensive coordinator and they got an offensive coordinator that could help, help Lamar Jackson, you know, kind of really reach his potential. And that's why they were one of the best uh, teams in the NFL this year. So you need a coach who has a plan. Like, I don't want somebody coming in and just hiring their son or hiring someone they went to college with 20 years ago. Like, the guy needs to be committed to, hey, let's search far and wide. Let's look for some talented coaches that might be a little bit under the radar. Let's bring them in. You know, that, that, you can really be a, uh, you know, kind of a buffoon as a head coach. If you hire a good offensive and defensive coordinator, you can still win a lot of games. Well, uh, you know, you know hi- hiring a good staff is really the most important thing. Well, one, well what are you hitting at? One right would there, argue man. we've seen that yeah. the last two years here, Sheil. I, I, was not, I was not saying that. Listen, <laughs> that, you, you guys are, you know, now you're doing like when you read into what Jalen Hurts meant with Nick Sirianni. Now you're doing that with me, and I don't appreciate it. All right, well, you go have a good doctor's appointment, all right? <laughs> All right, guys. Good talking to you. Talk to you soon. All, All right, right, brother. Thanks, Shield. There you go. Shook body up from the ringer. We'll see if he's back next year on the new show. You yeah. Know, yeah. Took a shot at Nick Sirianni on the way out. He really did. Make sure you cut that audio. And make sure write it up. Shook body. I'm just kidding. Do not do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> As from one football expert to another football expert, Ellie Shore Parks joins us in studio. What's happening, exactly, E? Exactly right. What's going not on? Not even close. There we go. What's up, E? And the mic is on, you're right? Good. There we go. Yeah, there no, we go. You're good. Right. There How's you go. How's it going? Am I auditioning as well? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an open audition. I guess. Tuesdays with Elliot. We'll see if that's on the table. <laughs> uh, I'll do everything I can to keep it. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Good. I'm, I'm like Nick. You know, I'll make any any uh, compromises, coordinators, anything like that. What do you think about the if they do move on from Nick? Are you are you still the mindset of you want the the bright young offensive mind, or do you think this team needs a culture changer? I think this team needs if they're going to move on from Nick, which I think would be a mistake. But if they do, then yeah, you absolutely have to go offensive mind play caller because the number one quality, the number one quality they need in their head coach, whether it is Nick or someone else, is fixing Jalen Hurts. Like that's the number one quality. The quarterback has to be better next year, and the only way you make that happen is with a great coach around him, right? I think they have great coaches around him right now. I do think Nick and Brian Johnson can can fix Jalen and that they can get this back on track next year. 
But if you're not going to go with that player, I mean, with that with that duo, then you have to go with a Bobby Slowick, with a Ben Johnson, with someone like that that can come in here, call plays, and get the offense and Jalen back on track. Uh, if you hire a defensive guy, you're going to be in the same situation. Because I really think the main lesson from this year is it is really hard to win when you're constantly changing coordinators. Like, that, that's what happened this year. They had a lot of staff turnover. Kelsey talked about this yesterday. When you're coming off a Super Bowl, you lose a lot of people and players. And if you go the defensive head coach, you'll be presented with this problem almost every year. See, I don't really think it's hard to win when you're constantly changing coordinators. Does it make it more difficult than keeping the same guys? Sure. But I think with today's schemes, um, some of them are universal coverages, schemes, things of that nature. There's only so much you can do between those white lines and with those 11 people, whether it's offensively or defensively. Football is football. Like, and the concepts, may you may tinker with them and, and, and change some things around and put your own little wrinkles on them. But for the most part, you can come in with a sort of base formula of what you want to do from a philosophy standpoint and then incorporate stuff based on who's all on your staff. And that's more evident in today's game of the NFL than it's ever been. I look at some of the young coaches or some of the coaches that are still playing right now. Todd Bowles is not a play caller. Uh, Dan Campbell is not a play caller. D'Amico Ryans is not a play caller. Two of those guys I named are defensive guys. Mm -hmm. D'Amico Ryans, we want his offensive coordinator. Does that mean D'Amico Ryans isn't a good coach? Does that mean all of a sudden C.J. Stroud is about to fall off the face of the map and be terrible? Does it? Well, it's kind of what happened in Philly. I'm, I mean, so I'm, I'm just saying, is that what you feel about the Houston Texans? Right. Well, no, I, but I guess I agree with you. You don't feel that way about the Houston Texans, right? No, I, I – well, Jared are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Jared. I'm saying if they lose their coordinator, I feel worse about the Texans, yes. Okay, well, I, I think you would be in the minority of that because I, I think they believe they got the right head coach in place. And you can go – he hired that guy who he knew from being out of San Francisco that nobody knew prior to him being in Houston. Mm -hmm. And if the team wasn't in the playoffs because of D'Amico Ryan's leadership as the culture setter there in Houston, we still – this guy still wouldn't be getting the opportunity that he's about to get with some team. I don't know if this guy has the ability to be a leader of men and set a, and set a culture. He has the ability to call plays, mm -hmm. but does he have the ability to control a locker room? Does he have the ability to command the respect of a four-time pro bowler? A quarterback that's making $250 million? Does he have that ability to control those guys? Does he have the ability to keep a Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter in check? Right? Like, these are things that you have to know when you make these guys the head coach just because they're good play callers. No, so I, I agree with you that to be a great head coach, you need both things, Right. But the issue, and we'll keep using D'Amico, or we could use uh, Dan Campbell. Or John Harbaugh. Or whoever. Or the, right, Mike Tom. All these guys yeah, made the playoffs guys, yeah. that didn't call plays. Right, right. And but, some of them were defensive guys. The issue they run into that the Eagles are seeing is it's hard to continually hire good people. It doesn't mean they can't, and they deserve credit for hiring the coordinators they had. But look at Andy Reid, right? Andy had a fantastic first staff. He mm -hmm. had difficulty replacing those guys. It doesn't make him a worse head coach, but it did impact his ability to succeed. So, replacing who? I mean, if you look, Jim Johnson after that, did he ever have a good defensive coordinator after him? The offensive Well, he did. He had Sean McDermott. They didn't know how to appreciate him, right, so they, they got, rid, him. got rid of him. Well, he right. didn't fire him. Just let that be known. Okay, well, the organization. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. The yeah. organization fired him. But the point I'm making is, like, 
the toughest thing I think in sustaining success is replacing the staff and obviously the players as well. And mm-hmm. like what the Eagles are currently finding is this year, like a major part of the reason I think they struggled outside of Jalen's regression is they they had uh, the coordinators on defense were a major problem. Like they had trouble replacing Gannon. So when I look this next year, everybody wants Brian Johnson gone. Replacing Brian Johnson won't be easy. Like it might be easy to replace Matt Patricia because that was such a disaster. But replacing Gannon wasn't easy. And so while I understand the emotion of wanting people gone right now, mm-hmm. I truly think this team's best best path is this continuity on offense. Like go into next year, you have Nick, you have Brian, you have Jalen. See if they can fix, uh, fix the blitz thing. Because if they fix the blitz issue, like the offense was good this year. They were seventh in the league in points. They were you know top 10 passing, top 10 uh, throwing the ball or right around there. So this is not offense that's broken. This isn't a team that like – needs a complete overhaul. If you fire Nick, if you fire Brian Johnson, like you're basically punting on next year in a way. It is very hard to win with a rookie head coach. I think only one team has ever won the Super Bowl with a rookie head coach. Like, So everyone that wants Nick gone, and I do like Ben Johnson and Slowick, but then the expectations change for next year. Like Your best chance of winning a Super Bowl next year is with Nick. See, we agree on this. No, I, I agree with you on yeah. that. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, but that's why – if only there was uh, not a first-time head coach out there, a guy that does have six rings to where it would probably change that in Bill Belichick. Yeah, so I think they have a better chance to win the Super Bowl with Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson than they do with, with bringing in Bill and, and his whole new staff. Yeah, well, be enemy. If you want to bring in be enemy to be his offensive coordinator, you know, you can have a superstar. Look, the, the idea that you still can't get a superstar offensive coordinator around Bill Belichick and that he's going to go with McDaniels I think is ridiculous. But like, all right, so I think the enemy obviously did a good job in Washington this year. But – if you just look at the resumes of these people, like if I listed to you Brian Johnson's resume, like what if I told you they could hire a coordinator that had a top 10 offense, that was has a history in quarterbacks, that was a play caller for a team that was one of the best uh, offenses in the league, that was the quarterback coach on a Super Bowl team and had a relationship with the quarterback, what would you say? Sounds fine. All right, well, that's Brian. So, like, you can look at the enemy's resume and say he has a great uh, resume, which he does, but we've watched Brian Johnson up close every day, so we know that his deficiencies. All these guys you're talking about have deficiencies. What they don't have is an experience with Jalen. They don't know what the problems with this team are specifically. And while I think it is frustrating and maybe a red flag that they couldn't fix the issue, I'd be curious for your perspective on this, Ike. Like, I do think it's hard to fix big-picture issues in season. Oh, yeah. So if we all agree that the blitz is a major problem, I'll take my chances that Nick, Brian, and Jalen, with four months to work on it, can fix the blitz. And and if they and you adding Stoutland in there, I mean, like you got you got enough bright minds in there to get this done, right? And like Jalen's a hard worker. We all agree on that. He knows what the problem is. Jason Kelsey said yesterday he was talking about the issues with the blitz, and he was like, Jalen's going to see a lot of cover zero blitzes next year. Like he knows that. That's what Jalen's going to see. So I trust with four months to work on it, Jalen can improve. I don't think they need somebody. Like they don't need an overhaul uh, overhaul here. Here. They just need to fix the blitz. And with all offseason to do it, I think they can. And here's the other thing that I'll say that I hope Jeffrey Lurie really looks at. Um, are you really judging this man off six weeks, seven weeks? You know, I don't care what fans say that the, the team, when they were 10-1, they wasn't a real 10-1 team. That's yes, in fantasy world. You know where they were a real 10-1 team? In reality. You realize that, right? In reality, they were 10-1. I don't care. You can nitpick all you want to and every little this and that and the other. They didn't win the way you wanted them to win. I'll never give up or never move off of a win is a win. Mm -hmm. I'll never move off of it because in the NFL, a win is a win. And they were 10 and 1. 
and their offensive rankings during that time were pretty good. The quarterback was the leading uh, uh, candidate for the MVP of the league. What in the hell happened the last six weeks of the season? I don't know. Only they know what happened. But this man shouldn't be judged unless you're telling me there are some internal issues here that can't be worked out and overcame and you need to move on from him. But the idea that somehow this was a, a, a failure from start to finish and Nick was in over his head and the team, all this, all this stuff we've come up with over the last six weeks and I didn't hear all year long. I didn't hear all this stuff. And you think Jeffrey Lurie was sitting there upset when his team was 10-1? and one? Was he displeased with the coach at that time? So I, I've been thinking a lot about the seven-game thing. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but when Sam Bradford was here, he had a really strong final seven games. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember that, yeah. And, the, and the, the talking point was, for those who wanted Bradford, was look at those last seven games. Look how good he was these last seven games. But everyone else was like, well, let's look at what he's been his whole career. Like, let's not use that small sample size to make a big-picture decision. And ultimately, if the Eagles would have used those last seven games on Bradford, they would have tied themselves to a bad quarterback. So what this is really about is which sample size do you want to believe? The last seven games when it was ugly and it was painful to watch, I was in Tampa, like it was not fun. Or do you want to use the larger sample size of even this year, but on a whole of what Nick has been? Like the guys we're talking about bringing in, Nick has accomplished what those guys like wish to accomplish. Like Ben Slowick, Ben Johnson, all these guys. I think they're good coaching candidates. If Nick brought a team that was four wins a year before he got here into the playoffs, next year he brought them to the Super Bowl. Then they were 10-1. and one. They fell apart for sure. But, like, the larger sample size here is Nick knows what he's doing and he's a great head coach. And I'll bank on that when making a decision versus the smaller sample size. And let me give this other example before we go to break real quick. There's been two times in Nick's coaching tenure he's been faced with some real adversity. And one, he was able to overcome it and the other he wasn't. And you know what the difference was in those two? Is that when he had the adversity in his first year, that team was a nobody. Nobody had accomplished anything except for the the forefathers Mm -hmm. that that won the Super Bowl along with uh, Jake Elliott. But the majority of that team was young and still trying to prove itself. So you know what they did? They threw cautious to the wind, and they believed in the coach's message. As silly as it sounded, they bought into it. They bought into it. They turned their season around and made the playoffs when no one thought they should have. That was the first sign of adversity. Gave up play calling. And he had a message for his team about flowers and fertilizing and soil. But they bought into it. Mm-hmm. The players bought into it. The quarterback didn't have $200 million. He had no say over what the play should be called. And he damn sure wasn't improvising out there on the field. Wasn't doing any of that. But now they've gone to the Super Bowl. Players get paid. Everybody's a star now. They get some adversity. Now you don't want to listen to the coach. You know it all now. So you're telling me the same guy that's been able to do this already with the same quirky personality that he's already had couldn't do it this year, and he lost the team. Well, why? Because the players mm-hmm. are full of themselves. The players are full of themselves. If we really want to get real with the message about everything, when they were two and five, they weren't full of themselves two years ago. Now, and I ain't, I'm not pointing out anybody 
particular. I'm saying as a whole. Because now we got people improvising, doing what we want to do, calling up the team, not letting the coach speak. We got DBs just got here in the middle of the season, giving out orders to what he want to do with the secondary instead of listening to defensive cards. These players, they're running the show now. That's why I put the blame on them yep. coming down the stretch. Because they know it all. They got all the answers. They don't have to listen to the coach anymore. I'm just saying, yeah. I, I just hope people are looking at this and thinking about whether or not the coach has changed from who he was and what he was doing versus you can get entitled players who don't want to listen. It can't be the players when they win and Nick when they lose. And that's always been right. my that's always been my argument. And what the owner has to decide is that is this something that he can fix going forward. Can be fixed, yes. 215-592-9494. We'll get to some one of Elliot Hurd down at NovaCare yesterday. Plus, some interesting cuts from Jalen Hurts. Does this sound like a guy that's going to change? And how does he clarify his comments from the game about Nick Sirianni's future? Don't miss all that. Coming up next, it's the Afternoon Show on Sports Radio 94 WYP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. It is the Afternoon Show. Twitter question sponsored by Mark's Jewelers. Looking for the perfect engagement ring? Visit Mark's Jewelers for diamond engagement rings that fit every budget. Online at marksavenjewelers.com. Jack Fritz, Ike Reese, Elliot Shore Parks with us for the next half hour. Elliot, how was the how was the mood in the Nova Care yesterday? I noticed AJ didn't talk. Yeah, or no Devante. No AJ, no Devante. Um, which was you know disappointing. It would have been nice to hear from them. Obviously, AJ hasn't talked since he suffered the injury. Uh, Darius Slay talked. I thought he probably said the most interesting things. Um, you know, outside of Kelsey and, and Fletcher really defending Sirianni, I thought Slay was very honest about what this team's problems were. And I was thinking about this last segment when we were talking about the final seven games. The real reason this season fell apart was the defense completely collapsed. And I think the switch at coordinator really impacted them. Slay talked openly about it, about how hard it was to go from one coordinator to the other, um, how Patricia was kind of, you know, doing his own thing after they, they spent all of training camp and the first 11 weeks learning something else from Desai. And so I think ultimately when you look back at this season, the, the switch at coordinator was probably the reason this thing collapsed. Because if the defense is better against Arizona, they win that game. The defense, they were pretty good against Seattle. Well, but they hold up that last drive. They hold up the last drive. Yeah. I mean, we could be talking about an Eagles team that's not even playing till this week. Yeah. Like well, if they win those two games. It's so weird about the, the move on defensive coordinator because it's not like the first time a defensive coordinator has been fired in season. It's like – I, demoted. Demoted, sorry. But actually, <laughs> I, I wonder if they went on and full-on fired him and didn't try to do this he's right. running to side defense. It makes it defense. uncomfortable because he's still in the building. Exactly. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, they fired I, Ken Dorsey. They, they 100% fired right, him. Right, yeah, they didn't move yeah. him to another position. Yeah. <laughs> no, and Joe Brady came in and that team kind of went off. Yeah. Like, we, we've seen this happen before. Just didn't, like, this – was an example where it just didn't work. Well, one yeah. issue might be Matt Patricia might not be a great coach, but it, which, but it, which you should remember when you promote all these Belichick guys you want to hire. Well, but, Belichick's the key of that. Yeah, yes, but the, but I the think so, obviously we're not in Buffalo, so we don't know like exactly what happened. But I think the difference <laughs> is with uh, Joe Brady there. I don't know how much he changed things. It sounds like Patricia came in and really changed things. 
well, in season, which is hard to do. Hassan became a flat curl, flat defender. Yeah, Hassan yeah. became a, a, nick, a nickel corner. <laughs> I don't. I would hope Belichick wouldn't do that. I, I think Belichick would have him rushing the passer because yeah. he's a brilliant defensive yes. line, per usual. Uh, but three cuts here I wanted to play. Uh, obviously, Jalen talked yesterday. Uh, and I don't really get the sense that we're, we're going to get much change from Jalen. Really listen to, to some of these cuts. So this is Jalen talking about his leadership role uh, heading into next year. Here's, here's Jalen. You've heard people say a lot this, this season, he needs to be a more assertive or outgoing leader. When you hear that, what, what goes through your mind? <laughs> um, like I said, there are, there are things that uh, was once said to make me great, um, to make me a special uh, individual, a special leader, um, an impacting and uplifting guy that maybe one may find as an issue now, but... I've said it this whole time. It's all based off of results. He's right. Yeah, I don't think he's wrong. Yeah, he didn't say anything wrong there. If he doesn't turn the ball over 10 more times this year, we're probably not talking about this. Mm -hmm. But I think the other truth is, with all these athletes, and we'll talk about Jalen here, he probably wasn't the flawless leader we thought in 2022, and he's also probably not the terrible leader he's being viewed as now. Like, it's probably somewhere in the middle. But right. the results were way better in 2022. He didn't turn the ball over, right? Now this year he fumbled it five more times. So it's not like that means he needs to be more vocal on the sideline because he's fumbling it. Like, he's always been this way. So I think it's, it's true. But I also think Jalen should learn probably from some of the lessons this year on, like, interacting with teammates and all those things that, that would help moving forward. He, sound, he sounded to me almost, like, confused. Like, all of a sudden now all this stuff's coming up about him as a leader. He's like, well, I didn't really change. I'm just kind of this is, this is how I am. Yeah, and I think I – think- at some point, but he, he said it at the end, and he's absolutely right whether, you know, he had an epiphany or somebody told him, like, whatever. This is why people are reacting now this way. It is about results. Mm. It is about results. That stuff, it's the same thing with Nick Sirianni. When he when he was winning, he was doing the things he was doing on the sideline. Everybody found it endearing. Yeah, when you're not winning anymore, people don't want to see that stuff, and, and people, now your personality becomes somewhat of a – it becomes an, uh, irritating to people, and, and and they don't give you as much rope. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm just saying that's the reality of the situation, and his demeanor works when you're winning and no one is asking you to be a vocal leader. No one is asking you to uplift everyone else, right? But when you go on a two- or three-game losing streak, yeah, people are going to look to the quarterback. You know, we we got on Patrick Mahomes about whining and complaining, but you know what he did? Showed emotion and that he cared. Mm -hmm. He's yelling and screaming. He's having outer body experiences out there when they were losing. They're in the second round of the playoffs right now, and they were in the Super Bowl. They righted the ship. They didn't bail on anybody. No fingers started getting pointed. His leadership is never questioned out there. And I'm not saying Jalen's a bad leader. What I'm saying is – you got to understand the dynamics of a locker room, and this is what Jalen has to understand. You've been, you've been at programs that have won the majority of time. So you haven't had to deal with three, four, five-game losing streaks and having to be the guy. You're in Philadelphia now. Mm-hmm. We go nuts over a two-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think, too, with Jalen, like it's worth pointing out, a lot has changed in his life over the last year. Mm-hmm. Like He's the face of – or not the face, but he's a Jordan athlete. He's, you know – Hulu, like he's got $250 million. He's like considered a top five quarterback. 
I would imagine for any human, that's a lot to take in in one year in terms of how that impacts how people treat you, how people view you, how you feel around other people. So I don't think that Jalen's issues this year are beyond fixing by any stretch. Right. But I would ask you guys this. Like, why does it that people feel Jalen can bounce back from a bad year, but no one gives Nick that same benefit of the doubt? Like, if you're down on Nick, why aren't you down on Jalen? And if you, don't think Nick, if you don't think Nick can fix it, why can Jalen fix it? They've been tied at the hip. They've had success together. Like, why do you think Jalen gets the benefit of the doubt that Nick and really Brian Johnson are not? Mm-hmm. I just think people believe in Jalen more. Yeah. I, I don't think people really believe in Nick Sirianni. And I, I think that they view him more as he's here because obviously I think people view him as more of a puppet than oh my god he's 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 out scheming people. I I think people saw what Jalen did last year on the field, and I, I just think they believe in him. More. So I think that is it. I think people think Nick Nick doesn't do much here, but then how can he be the problem too? Like like so I agree with you. I think people view Nick as along for the ride, but if he's along for the ride, then how is he how is he in charge of the crash this year? Yeah, well, because- like if he's if he doesn't have the steering wheel, why is he the guy that's got to go? Like, the guys that drive the car are Jalen and Howie. Those are the two guys. Like, we're going to cast blame this year. Nick is third there. Jalen is one. Howie is two. Nick is three. Because the first two aren't going anywhere. But that, but, so I don't think. It's a simple answer right there. First two aren't going anywhere. I just, but this is why I don't think replacing Nick fixes the problem. So then what is his his tangible thing then? What do you, like, what's, what does he do then? Well, so I think Nick does do things. Like, this is why I think Nick should be back. Like, A, this team was a mess before Nick got here. Like, how he didn't get along with head coaches, right? The offense was bad before Nick got here. Jalen was a backup quarterback that the whole league passed on pretty much twice before Nick got here. Like, so I, I think that what Nick has done, A, I do believe he's a culture builder. Like, I think that is important. And it, while everyone wants to say his offense is broken and, like, he's not an offensive genius, he might not be a McVay or a Shanahan or whatever, but his offensive numbers stack right up to their numbers, and they have talent too. It's not like they don't have players. Don't, don't start pulling numbers out. Numbies. Well, the, num- well, the numbers are I on I know my you side. have them ready. That's why I no know. one wants yeah, to hear them. Yeah. He couldn't wait. That's why no one wants to hear them. Back to Jalen real quick. I- I'm curious. Like, who's the last – what's the last great quarterback that was, like, this stoic? Because even – people say Brady, right? But Brady was up and down doing the, like he was he was always yelling at people throwing yeah. iPads. Yeah, Brady and, wasn't stoic. No, at all. he wasn't stoic. No, but, yeah. but whatever, like yeah. winning time. I just and it's not the critique, Jalen. I'm little. I'm just trying to to think of a guy who was kind of perceived as by himself. Sure, lead by example, which is mm-hmm. which a lot of great players do. But who's the last one that's that's been great like that? Not most of them. Most of them are going to have somewhat of a now. Even Aaron Rodgers did had a little bit of a personality. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah. When you're talking about those those upper echelon quarterbacks, most of them do have somewhat of a personality. Yeah. to them. I don't know. I just, I think it's interesting as we evaluate him going forward. Here's the thing: before and before we get to the phones, I know people waiting to get in here. I'll just say this with Jalen and why you know it's perceived as an issue because it's one thing to be this way during the game mm-hmm. in the midst of chaos right in the game you're sitting over there you're locked in or what have you but when that's the way that you are with your teammates that's not good see it's one thing if you're that way as a player but then you say okay you guys don't really get to see him like we do behind closed doors he lets his hair down he's the life of the party he you know he's very he's you know he, he knows to sit over there and hold court tell stories this and that and the other so your teammates get to see a different side of you Right, but it, it it seems like the teammates are seeing the same view of Jalen that we see from the television. Well, well it's, it's kind of like how you guys talk about Andy. 
Like right. When, when yes. Andy talks to the media, when Andy's on the sidelines. Great example. But, but behind the scenes, you guys always talk we about We get it. a different Andy Reid behind the scenes. That's exact, That's a great example. We get Because if Andy was that way, and I'll give you an example about a guy who is that way. You might not like that, Jack. But if Andy is that way, he wouldn't have the players that love him the way that mm-hmm. we do and that are loyal to him and will die for him, so to speak. Bill Belichick is the same way in front of the camera, with the media, with his players. And that's why mm-hmm. you may have some that played there a long time that feel differently about Bill, but the majority of players don't have the warm and fuzzy yeah. feeling about Bill because Bill's not interested in that. He's not interested in establishing those type of relationships. And that's something that Jalen can't afford to do because he's an actual player. It's one thing when you're the head coach to your players, but when you're a peer, you're, you're an equal peer. So the players see you as an equal peer. Well, and I've always thought, like, I think Nick is authentically himself, and this is mm-hmm. will be who he is. But I do wonder if sometimes he realizes the two people in, in leadership, him and Jalen, with Jalen so much one way, if he has to sway the other. Like, if, if Nick has to be that super vocal, run-up-and-down guy, because some one of them has to do it. Like, that's my concern with Belichick if they bring him with Jalen, is those are two very similar, like, stoic like stone faced personality. Yeah. Whereas I think with Jalen Nick's look when they were winning, everyone loved it. I think Nick's personality balances well with Jalen because someone up there needs to look like they're having, mm-hmm. you know, like needs to be excited and running all around and all that. Let's go back to the phones. Black Gertie joins the show. What's happening, BG? Guys, I mean, it's a rare day when all three of you are right, especially when flip flops. Oh, there we mean, go. Uh, <laughs> we could all we could all nod our head at everything that you're saying, but a couple of things. So Andy Reid. When, when Kelsey got out of control and slamming his helmet, the adult in the room went and grabbed her from the equipment manager, like, no, bro, let me go talk to him. Yep. Sit down and stop. Mm-hmm. That's how you correct the ship, okay? And then when you look at Jalen Hurts, uh, Tom Brady was Tom Brady uh, after like three years. The first two or three years, he was not this Tom Brady. Demolish run up down sidelines. He was out there doing his job. And uh, one quote that I took from a player who said, we worked for Belichick, we played for Tom. And I was like, okay, I can yeah. really feel that. And I understand right. that. Now, let me give you an example of just real life, and hopefully the mother of my child is not listening. One of the chores my daughter has is she takes the trash cans out to the street and she brings them back in. Her mom picks her up and drops her off and sees her bring the trash cans in. I go to pick her up from her mom's house. It's two or three days after the trash is gone, and the trash cans just not the curb. I looked at my daughter, and I'm like, why don't you take the trash cans in? She's like, she doesn't ask me to, so I'm not going to do it. I'm like, well, why don't you do it to help her out? She's like, why would I do that? That's something extra for me to do that I don't have to do. I wasn't asked to do it. If she's not going to tell me to do it, I'm not going to do it. When you have a coach that doesn't get you in line, you're, you're, uh, flip-flops, you're right. Uh, if the players are the reason they won, the players are the reason they lost, well, if the players aren't listening to you now and going rogue and doing what they want to do, that means that they don't respect you. And I don't know if Nick on the sidelines with the airplane hands and during the middle of the Super Bowl where your quarterback has to say to stop pointing, dude, like we're trying to win a, a very important game here, stop goofing off. I don't know if that dude is the guy who can reel back in a young team who's entitled, got money, and lives in Philadelphia with the media when you have to come out and answer these questions that you don't have an answer for. So I'm just saying maybe the head voice needs to be a guy like the Andy Reid who will go over there and shut it down immediately. Because if you don't have that, the inmates run the asylum. And that's the problem that we have right now. And that's why I'm over here with Nolo saying, get me another coach in here that can reel us back in. And I, uh, one more thing. Uh, earlier, we was giving you good coach combinations. You was flipping on that too, boy. And he drew us a good couple combinations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Listen, if you give me a good couple combinations, <laughs> yeah, I'll listen. Belichick and the enemy, 2024, <laughs> baby. Let, 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 let's think, let's think. And I love Corey to death, 
But uh, Nick Saban is a billionaire. I don't know if a billionaire is going to come back and coach any team. He's got seven new car dealerships he just rolled out right now. He is retired and rich. I talked to you guys. There he goes, Blackerty. Would you rather have Nick Saban or Bill Belichick, uh, Elliot? You can only answer the question. I'd rather have Nick Saban. Why? Why, why do you do this what, to what me? is your obsession with Bill Belichick? Winning uh, Super Bowl. He hasn't won anything without Brady. You can gloss that aside all you want. But well, it's well, he most... won three as a defensive coordinator. Who was his quarterback? Who was his quarterback? Sims. I don't know. No. Oh, okay. oh, defensive coordinator. My bad. I'm yeah. talking about as a head coach. Yeah, if Be- look, if, if not, Belichick wants be- to be the defensive coordinator, I'm in. If he wants to come here and be the coordinator, let him coach that side I've of the ball. I've seen Nick Saban defenses get cooked in the college game. I don't see Bill Belichick defenses look, get cooked in the NFL. Look, I don't want either of them, but I have I know, but no we, interest in Belichick, so I'll take my chance on Saban. You don't think coach. Belichick could coach up Jalen? I don't think, no. Not him. I, not him. I'm, I mean, from a, from a mentally tough standpoint and that. like he didn't. I don't think he helped Tom Brady be a quarterback. But don't think he didn't help shape some of Tom Brady's mentality. I, I agree with that. Really? I agree with that. But the the way he's managed the quarterback since Brady is concerning to me. Right. Like, Mac but, Jones was good the first year, and then Belichick like botched the staff around and put no talent around him. Like this art. I'm telling you, you should read this article about. But the, but the offense like, is already set. But is the offense already set? Because everyone's telling me the offense is broken. No, no. I mean, from a personnel standpoint. Maybe. Also, I mean, like, there was a lot of – They're going to have to rebuild the middle of their offense. Well, this offense, you would agree, is better than anything the the Patriots have had since Tom Brady Yeah, we'll let Belichick get his hands on it for a year, and let's see. (laughs) He's working in collaboration. definitely ain't putting up with that AJ stuff if that stuff is going on. Oh, he had Randy. This is – But he he got Randy at a good time. Yeah. Randy was out there. Yeah, he saved him from the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can say whatever you want about Belichick not winning personnel control. I don't know too many guys in their 70s that change how they do things, which has been successful their whole life doing it. Lurie can say right now, hey, you know, Howie does this and Bill does this, and we're going to – the best GM and the best head coach together. We'll see in, Sounds in, like a great plan. in three weeks, right, like when they're in the draft and Howie wants to draft this defensive player and Bill wants to draft that one, how that works. Well, uh, by the way, if they draft Georgia players this year, is, are we happy or no? No. No, we're, we're, we're out, out on, on Georgia, I think we're out on the Georgia players. Yeah, we're out on the Georgia Back to players. North Dakota State. Yeah. Back to North well, Dakota State. Well, the other State. thing from the locker room, Jordan Davis basically announcing Fletcher's oh, leaving. Oh, I know. You know saying and Jason. Oh, I didn't see the Jason. He said both of them okay. together. He's like, I gotta, well, I he might have gotten that off of, <laughs> <laughs> off of following Schefter. Yeah. But he talked a lot about, you know, being a leader next year and, and all that. Oh, that's things. a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> He's being <laughs> – He's being fine for not being in shape at the end at the end of the year. That's one of our leaders. Yeah. Sounds like a great culture your coach is building over there. It's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> needs to rush the passer before leader. Does he need to rush the passer? He's a defensive tackle. Yes, he does need to rush the passer. He's not going to be on the ro- he's not going to be on the <laughs> roster in a year if he doesn't rush the passer. Let's sneak in Bam and Upper Darby. What's happening, Bam? Yo, what's going on, guys? Ike Reese. What's going on, John? What's up, Ben? How's that, uh, Ben? Bam. How's that tattoo of uh, Ike and Hugh going? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I was remember last time I couldn't get on because I was getting my I was getting it done, and um, I was like I'm like damn they about to call my name. I heard y'all call my name and I was like couldn't get it done. It was, it was too much pain. I right. couldn't. Because basically, if you if you could rehash it for the audience, you're getting Hugh a Hugh Douglas jersey on your back with Ike juice on your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And this is a serious thing. Yes, this is a serious thing. I'm I'm with my uh my my personal assistant Lala right now. Oh, a personal assistant. Yeah, my well, I'm blind. You know, Jack. I'm, I'm blind. All oh, right, so I got, right. Yeah, so I got my personal right. assistant. Her no. name Lala. Awesome. Say hi, Lala. Hi guys. Hi, Lala. What's up, Lala? <laughs> How's the tattoo looking? Looking great. 
right, that's good. I'm excited to see a picture. Of I'm excited. You're gonna be able to tweet this at us, right, Bam? Yes, I'm going to tweet it to you. That's your your personal assistant. Sounds like she's 15. <laughs> no. Everybody says that. Everybody so, says that. But I'm older than that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> would, you, would, would you? Are you getting an Elliot tattoo? Are you getting an Elliot tattoo on you or no? Me and Jack, maybe. Uh, yeah. Back to back. I'm, I'm. I'm telling Elliot. I got. I got a Union jersey ready for him to go because there we go. Done. Season begins in a month. <laughs> yes. Yes. What's, all right. What, what, who do you want to be the head coach next year? Belichick or Sirianni? Belichick. That's right. Oh, my God. This is going well. And what should the name of the show be? All right. It's going to be Afternoons with Ike and Spike and a little shot of Jack. Yeah, I've heard that one a good amount, Bam. I appreciate the call. Shot of Jack. Yeah. I mean, it does minimize my role, which is fine. <laughs> well, it's tough because Ike and Spike rhyme so yes, well. That's that, yeah. been hammered in my head. Yes. That, a like, lot in the last like, – I understand. Obviously, you deserve great. to have your name in the title, yes. and you should. It's just hard to – Well, see, I'm trying to figure out – Spritz and Fritz. Spritz and Fritz. Spritz and Fritz is good. Yeah. I, I Fritz and Friends, but no one seemed to really. I mean, Fritz and Friends, obviously it's not going to be the title, but it is, <laughs> it is good. No. You can put yourself in the middle of the picture like you did before. With, yeah. Uh, yeah. That didn't go well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't go well at all. It was just, it was just a joke. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, we'll have to think of the we'll, – we're, we're figuring out the name. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I think it's just going to be Ike and Spike with Jack Fritz. Yeah, I know. It's boring. <laughs> I want to call it the dream team. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I like how that minimizes everybody's name. Just, you know, just, just, just put it there. Yeah. Ike Reese and Co. Yeah, I'm sure you'll think of something. Yeah, sometimes these sort of names for the show. Really doesn't go well. Don't really work out Interesting. Well. Yeah. What about what about Ike with Spike and Fritz? Right. I like that. See, I was thinking. I don't know if Spike will. I don't think he will either. <laughs> but he's probably listening to the fans still. So we'll <laughs> Is he even one of us anymore? Right, what's yeah. your What's your reaction to Spike coming home? We haven't got your. I'm excited. On it. I'm excited. I mean, Spike hired me, so you know, I I owe a lot to him, and I'm super pumped to have him back. I'm, I'm excited to hear his Eagles takes. Yeah, like, yeah. We heard him off the air. He was for a actually while. pretty good talking Eagles yesterday. Oh, right, you're not 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 you want you're not uh, excited to hear his Sixers takes, huh? Well, there's only one official Sixers pod. That, see, that's see, that's what I can't like, wait for. I, so I that's did, what yeah. I'm waiting for. I didn't for. I didn't uh, like the disrespect he said about me as a basketball guy. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he really doesn't like your basketball. Disrespected your whole clap your hands podcast. He really did. But like me and Jack say, like his Sixers pod, whatever the name is, is. Is from the process era. We're now here to win. Right. Now the Sixers win. is The Clap Your Hand is a winning podcast. Correct. Yeah. Well, and his dumb podcast uh, made them re-sign Paul Reed. Yeah, that yeah. was a mistake. Wasting $9 million. Ran Ben out of town. Ran Ben out of town. Is in with the, with the GM. Yeah. He's definitely in with the GM. He's in with the GM. I can't wait. I was thinking, the, I, I like the big show. The big show? Yeah. The big show. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the big show with Ike Reese, Spike Eskin, and Jack Fritz. The big show. And I'm not yeah. letting anyone take my name out for the Spike and Ike show. Ike and Spike show, because I know it sounds better. It does sound really good. <laughs> I'm not letting them take it out either, big dog. I, I know. Thanks, Ike, Spike, and Fritz. Yeah. I think that's good. You yeah. want Fritz or Jack? Which one you want it in? I don't know. Whichever, I think you got to go Fritz. I'm moving you to Fritzy. Whichever, yeah. whichever yeah, that's one. That's sort of your name now, Fritzy. Yeah, whichever one keeps my name in it, that's <laughs> that's the one that I'm going yeah. for. I don't really like Jack anymore. Thanks, buddy. Cut, I mean, it's a common Cut name that. now. Yeah, Fritz, yeah, yeah. Fritz is more of a. Fritzy is like a. That's a show name, man. That's my nickname. It's like ESP. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Right. Call him Elliot. You call him Elliot. Yeah. Well, and and I make this mistake too because I used to make fun of Seltzer for it. I don't like when people call him E. 
Yeah. I do. Well, Jordan calls him uh, Eli. He called me Eli in the locker room again yesterday. Yeah, he did. yeah. Is that a bit by him, or does he not know your name? Well, I'm not going to lie. The first few times I thought he didn't know my name. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's I think it's a, it's a little nickname. That's yeah, good. That's good. Yeah. Now you got familiar with him. Yeah, that's good. I mean, okay. that's the beat writer you need, yeah, man. I told him thank you for doing the Players' Lounge. Yeah, Elliot knows these guys, man. Yeah. He sure does. He doesn't get treated like uh, Jeff McClain. No. Well, clown. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's always the clown. The, the clown is hurtful. I love the clown is hurtful. It really man. is. It's hurtful. a hurtful nickname. It clown, is man. It's really yeah. a shot. When, when you get the 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 Mr. Rogers gif on Twitter, yeah. one of yeah. your tweets, it's the worst. <laughs> you say, Sit I, down. I, I, I don't know what that's like. Sit down, clown. Yeah, yeah exactly. The clown right. emoji tweeted at me. It hurt, Fletch, man. Yeah, it hurts. Oh, wow. He Fletch wanted to get that in. He couldn't wait. On his he, way out, he looked at him like what. He knew what the question was. He, yeah. he knew where he wanted to make sure, okay, you, you're asking me this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, about to, I'm about to eviscerate you right now. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, that's a stupid question. That's exactly right. <laughs> Elliot, Fletch's locker was completely cleared out, too, by the way. I know. First time I've ever seen it like After that. After Jordan Davis Schefter broke the news. Yeah, when Jordan moved the stuff out. Mm. <laughs> exactly right. Elliot, fun hour. Uh, hopefully, are you be able to okay. join us next Tuesday? I mean, holy cow. If you'll have me, I mean. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on, yeah, what am I on, on vacation anything, here. Yeah. I'll be here next week. Open yeah, auditions yeah. for the new show. The big show. Yeah, the big show. <laughs> the big <laughs> show. <laughs> Elliot, thanks Good for your stuff. time. As always, talk to you next Tuesday. I guess we won't do our hit tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, 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 I mean, if you want me on, I'll be Yeah, here. we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It could I'll, be an eventful 24 hours. On the other side, promise we'll get back to your phone calls. Plus, uh, some more. Uh, oh, um, yesterday, a, a, former, a former Patriot joined Colin Coward, broke down why he wants Bill Belichick in Philadelphia. Why is it? You hear that next on the on the afternoon show on Sports Radio 94 WIP. If the cold weather has you thinking it's finally time to replace those old drafty windows and doors, then there's no better time than now to make your home more energy efficient while taking advantage of Guida's big winter sales event. My good friends at Guida Door and Window are extending their big winter sale through the month of January by offering 40% off every window and door you buy. That's right. Receive 40% off each expertly installed energy-efficient replacement window, which also includes free high-performance low-E glass. And if you're in need of a new door, then you'll receive 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. You can also take advantage of Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans to get your project started with no money out of pocket. Now, this offer is for a limited time only, so you must act quickly. If your home needs new windows or doors, then call the experts at Guida today to schedule a free in-home estimate at 1-877-GO-GUIDA or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com.